Here we go! My name's Bubba. My name's Anna. And you're tuned into Church Nerds, an LTN radio morning show and a proud member of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network. Hey, before we get any further, let's take a pause. I think we've gone far enough to take a short little break, what? don't you think? We've done a lot of work. 15 seconds in. Done a lot of work here. Hey, we want to make sure that you guys know where you can find us outside of this podcast. And where I, when I say us, I mean Love Thy Nerd, which is the ministry that I helped to found. Is the whole reason that we're listening to this podcast right now because it's part of that network. So you don't think we would have stumbled across like the creation of this podcast if if um you had not founded nope Love Thy Nerd. Don't think so. <laughs> props, props, nah. Because well, I needed to, I needed a lot of things to go right in my life to get to the point where we had the equipment, <clears throat> maybe. we had the knowledge. Here's we, my theory: when you worked at a church. You have to talk about this stuff constantly all day long to other people. But now, um, you just have me you at are, home. Yeah, just you and everybody on the internet. That's all I got. You do have a lot of internet people. But it's not the same thing as working in a church office, though. That's fair. I don't think that it scratches that itch. No, it does not. Yep. So, I here loved, we are. I love talking to you about this stuff, but I love talking about it. I don't know. I think you loved talking to all your um, your church coworkers about it more than me, apparently, because until until you weren't working at the church, <laughs> I never bothered you. With we any never stuff. had a podcast. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. <clears throat> all right. Well, hey, fair enough. If you guys want to get you know involved in all of the other things that we're doing here with Love Thy Nerd, do us a favor. Go to our website, lovethynerd.com. You can also check out the radio station, ltnonair.com. A lot of great stuff happening over there. We're now starting to do like hosted shows, like DJ stuff. DJ stuff. DJ stuff. And I'm super jazzed about that. I really am. Shout out to my boy, Jimmy Hudson, who is our first host over there. Love that. You can also check us out at lovethynerd.com slash Twitch slash Facebook slash Discord slash YouTube slash, I don't know, try something out. See if it works. Maybe huh. it will. Maybe you won't. Hey, well, like I said, I'm Bubba. I am a full-time nerd culture missionary with Love Thy Nerd, aforementioned founder, one of them, one of uh, six of us here. And I love a lot of nerdy things. And apparently, um, Anna, my my resident shrink here, is helping me understand why I do the things that I do these <laughs> days. Uh, used to be on church for uh, church staff for 12 years. I was yes. full-time staff member at multiple churches over that 12 year period. And you know, you can take uh you can take the boy out of the church staff, but you can't take the church staff out of the boy. So yeah. here we yeah. are. I think that's true. Um, well, I'm Anna. I am a boy just blanking <clears throat> on what to say about myself, which is a common problem that I have. Um, on, when I'm, just put on the spot, like, don't tell me what to say. Don't tell me I have to introduce myself and come Nobody up with something interesting because man in a corner, I, I will not, I don't feel very interesting right now. Um, I, wait, you made 75,000 Easter dresses. How about oh, yeah. that? Yeah. I finished them all. I, um, and then brought those dang Easter commissioned church. to make 11 Easter dresses. For other people. Nine. 
and 12, my 12th, the 12th was, was it nine? The 12 days of Easter. Yeah. It started out as nine. nine. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I miscounted. I would not doubt that you ended up making 12 dresses. One, two, three. This is great podcasting material. Well, anyway. And accounts live on on the podcast. I made a lot. I'm not done. Somebody was like, oh, you're taking a break from sewing. And I am not. I'm not taking a break from sewing because I got through my Easter backlog. But I have more things to make. And since all of the cute little pictures came out of the people in their dresses, then more people were like, hey. Yep. I want you to make my little person a something or other. And I'm like, is this what it's like to be discovered? <laughs> wow. I don't think I'm really being discovered and discovered, discovered. And I don't want to be because um, that's just too much. Your bubble is definitely widening. Yeah. You guys should go check out Cutius Maximus. Okay. Oh, this is not a plug. I, well, it's just, why it's not? something that I do. Um, I saw this, um, like you can buy stickers or a t-shirt or something. Um, from a, a hashtag on Instagram that I follow or an account or something. Um, it's like makers going to make, that's what it's called. <laughs> and it's like, I make things because I get sad when I don't or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's accurate. Anna is a 34 year old woman that does needlepoint in bed. This is my life. It's not needlepoint. That's way different by the way. Embroidery. What? Oh my gosh. Do yeah. you use needle? Yeah, but point point with the needle is on a canvas and it's oh just, my goodness. It, it's kind of like cross stitch. Uh, actually, <laughs> uh, the character's here's name is Link <clears throat> and not Zelda. Here's something that some people may not know about me because we, we might have new <clears throat> listeners since the beginning of our <clears throat> podcast when I used to talk <clears throat> about this a lot. <clears throat> but I grew up in a yarn shop on like a what I I like to call a micro woolery. Um, that's it's like a micro brewery. I have never it's a heard micro- you use You've that. You've never heard me use the term micro woolery. When did you? When don't you think that's the most accurate way to describe what? Oh, don't, the place that I grew up. Don't get it twisted. I love that. I've just never in fourteen years of marriage heard you use the term micro woolery. Maybe I didn't use it with you. But anyway, that's what I like. Well, to call it's it. because when you were with your other friends, yes. you could talk about. All yes, those things, I didn't but... talk to you about these things because I had other people to talk yeah. to. Apparently. How, does that, how does that feel <laughs> when I say that to you? Anyway, we didn't have any animals except I think I had a betta fish. But almost all of our animals that we had produced wool and hair that could be spun into yarn of some kind. So angora rabbits, alpaca or llamas and sheep. We didn't have alpacas. Um, Dogs, the cats. We didn't spin the cat hair. My mom drew the line at that. And actually she was allergic to cats. So that's probably a good idea to not Mm. spin cat hair. Not like super allergic though, because you've had I think she decided later later on in life like this. I always sneeze when this cat is on me. I think I'm allergic. It's probably true. Mom did do a lot of self-diagnosing. Well, yeah, but that one I would actually believe. Cat hair did her make Mm -hmm. her sneeze badly. Anyway, the cats were to catch the mice, but that was it. Um, So I grew up doing all of these kinds of things. That's why I know the difference between needlepoint and embroidery, which is very different. Anyway, I married Bubba, who does not do any kind of handicrafts at all. I I do. um, You like to build picks bricks and Legos. Lego products. I do Legos, Legos, 
Actually, um, actually, it's Lego, it not is Legos. Lego. It's like a Lego. One one singular Lego. A whole project is a Lego, right? Lego is both plural and singular. See, that's just, it's hard for me to keep track of. Yeah, it's a micro Lego. Lego. <laughs> That's weird. Freaking got Um, it. In other news, we shared last week that we never ever thought we would find the Apple remote because we were convinced that either PJ had lost it and dropped it down a toilet or in a trash can. You thought he threw it in the trash can for sure. Or that Sylvie had taken it somewhere and chewed it up. She had to have eaten it. She'd already eaten an AirPod. It seemed like it. Well, she didn't eat either of the. I found the other one, too. Oh, did you? I did. Mm. Also very chewed up. Did this still work? You had already thrown the one away. I couldn't tell. So, um, I mean, they wouldn't have been comfortable to put in your ears because they well, were I mean, I was going to like, trade with you. Have you ever eaten with a spoon that's been through the garbage disposal before? It would no, be a lot I'm like that a for monster. your ears. Why would I eat with a spoon that was through the garbage <laughs> oh, disposal? My we used to put so many spoons through the garbage disposal. And so most of the spoons in our drawer, like you come away oh with like bloody gosh, lips. Dude. Not really bloody lips. Yikes. This podcast is getting no, gruesome. That, do you just eat your cereal with a fork and you be done with it? <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather. Um, we found it. We found the remote, everyone. You can all stop worrying. It was, um, it ended up in a little box of stuff that. Um, to be fair, it was probably our fault and not the kids' fault. It might have been. I, although I can't see. The only reason I would have put it in that is if I saw it on the floor and needed to quickly get it out of the way. So I, that it didn't get chewed up or lost. I can but almost then think of the I moment when I lost. put it on that box. Oh, almost. Think I'm of the blaming moment. you officially. Well, officially your fault. Deny, deny, deny. Um, but I probably did. It actually, surprisingly, I looked at Bubba this morning and was like, I actually don't know that we have anything to update with. Like Sylvie ate my anything. Yeah, this week. Sylvie drug my under the bed or anything. It, she's just been kind of. It's been a it's been a good Knock week. On wood. I'm not ready to say we're out of the woods, but it's been a good week for Sylvie. She hasn't stolen anything she, of value. Here's what she's been doing. What she's been uh, trying to defend the house, and so <laughs> from me. If, yeah, Anna walked in the other day, and she just like hair raised. Last night, I was holding PJ. <clears throat> oh, she and she barked. decided I was not one of her people. It was very strange. She has she has a tell though that she's not going to do anything, and her tell is that she just pees she on the pees. ground. <laughs> I mean, a massive puddle. We we had she life just group cannot hold it. We had life He's group so on scared. Monday, and she's just like <laughs> braced hair, arched back the whole night, and she looks vicious. And then you like reach down to As pet her, and a puddle the size of her is underneath her, and you're like. Okay. You say she looks vicious. She looks as vicious as a basset hound Australian shepherd can look, which is not scary at all. She looks 35 times at least, maybe 36 times more vicious than she does normally. Okay. Her hair raised on her back. is. She looks like a hedgehog, you know? <clears throat> so anyway, I mean, that's kind of where she is. And it's, it's kind of throwing me for a loop because she doesn't pee anymore. No. In, in the house. She's, yeah, potty training, I think, is pretty much complete, yep. I would say. Like, there's the there's the scared peeing, which hopefully oh she'll gosh. gain control Apparently over that. Apparently, she's holding it for a long time. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was... 
I, I mean, I'm really thankful. I mean, I was trying to tell myself scientifically, like you go through puppy stuff until about the age of two with dogs, the chewing and sometimes the potty training stuff. Yeah. But she's doing really well. I thought I thought for a while we were never going to fully potty train, but I think we did. I think she's good. She's great. It's so exciting. <clears throat> and she's starting to chew, like we said, less stuff. But hey, we yeah. just we know that you guys are invested listeners. And we wanted to let you know that we found that fracking Apple TV remote. Yeah. Um, and I'm very happy thank about that. Thank you for praying. Thank Yeah, thank you for your fervent <laughs> prayers, for lifting us up, um, for getting all the opals at your church to pray for us. Um, going around in the prayer chain and um, the phone tree. Uh, we, we The Lord heard you Christ. The phone tree. Yeah. Hey. So, hey, we're going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere because when we come back today, we're talking about stories, all about stories. Um, And after the break, we're going to talk about some of, uh, I don't want to say our favorite, but maybe the favorite widely known stories in fandoms. Some favorite stories. Yeah. It's not a definitive list, but we're going to go over that. And then in our main topic section, the heavy section, we're going to be talking about the importance of testimony, which are personal stories that we have as, um, we're going to talk about it from the, the, the viewpoint of believers, but testimony is not a Christian word in and of itself, but uh, that may be how we use it in that, in that area. What about testament? Oh, gross. We got to get out of here. Anna's doing puns again. The little mints. I it's know not what a pun. you said. That's an actual product that you could buy at the Masters Books and Gifts from in Clovis, New Mexico. Lady, that product <sighs> is a meme. Like, it 100% is a pun. <laughs> it's important to me that you know that. I know, but I, well, I'm just saying I didn't make it up as a pun. Oh, no, I know. Oh, don't I know it. Horrible person did. Okay. As, capitalized. Yeah. I'm trying to get into the break and you're holding me back with testaments. Sorry. All right, we're getting out of here. Hey, don't go anywhere despite that little bit right there. We're going to be back with more of the Church Nerds Podcast. This week in nerdy news, this is LTNN. It's all about branding, and Amazon is banking on itself, which of course has been a pretty successful tactic over the years. Amazon purchased IMDB way back in 1998, and in 2019, Amazon branded their new free but ad-supported streaming service, IMDB Free Drive, later renaming it IMDB TV. However, it has lived in relative obscurity, only finding itself on people's radar when their search on Prime Video came up with a show only available on the free service. Amazon appears to believe that IMDb TV is lacking in two things. One, people don't realize it's part of the Amazon set of products. And two, people don't know that it's completely free. And so to that end, they're renaming the service to Amazon Freebie by the end of the month. And while you can watch classics like Mad Men, Lost, The Princess Bride, Office Space, Corner Gas, and a lot more on that channel, they have also created several originals, such as Leverage Redemption and Judy Justice. Freebie is planning to increase its slate of originals by 70% this year. Let's hope it also increases its advertisers, because binge-watching a show with the same dozen commercials in rotation every break gets old quick in the current service. More new Freebie originals will be announced in the company's New Fronts presentation on May 2nd. 
That was This Week in Nerdy News. I'm Radio Matt, and this is LTNN. Welcome back to Church Nerds. Once again, I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. And if you're just now joining us, howdy doody. Welcome back. You said duty. Howdy doody. I did say duty. <laughs> Not that kind of duty. Different duty. Um, might hear a peach knocking at the door. Again, we're trying all new things uh, just to see what's going on. We did, took him to a doctor's appointment in between, you know, doesn't matter when, but he just got back from a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. Wellness checkup. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but the poor little boy might need some tubes in his ears. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know that that's necessarily like a bad. I, I was thinking about it earlier, and I was like, "Oh no, what? What? No, of course he. No, he's fine. He's perfect. He's perfect little boy. Tubes are not a. They're not a big deal. Like, yeah. I mean, I think it's an outpatient surgery kind of thing. And um, I mean that we have family members whose children also have tubes in their ears and I said in the doctor's office like I don't know why I thought I was going to be able to have four children and get away with none of them having ear problems but apparently I'm not so well and I told you that I had tubes when I was a kid oh I didn't know that mm-hmm. yeah I, I can re- I can remember I say I can remember my memories as we know are just right. the best in the world but you know and how much of those memories are fabricated how much of those are actual memories not fabricated to change the course of time but either way I had this very vivid memory of we were painting a wall in my house and one of my tubes fell out of my ear and into the bucket of paint (laughs) that's a legitimate memory that I have Uh yeah (laughs) you know it's one of those things you can almost smell the paint kind of a deal um but yeah, I mean, that was just so tubes. No big deal. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what a, what an unnecessary uh, story to tell Yeah, uh, at this point in time. But that's just, like, it's just been kind of a morning. So yeah, oh my goodness. We just have a lot of, I have a lot of things on my mind. Yeah. We're trying to rein it in so that we can give you a podcast worth listening to. Um, it's not working. And so not far. a rant to be forgotten. And oh. so Anyway, well, <clears throat> let's get back at it. So we promised it. our listeners that we were going to talk about storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to talk this segment about the greatest story ever told. Yes, we're talking about the Bible. No, we're, <laughs> no just kidding. That's next. That's next segment. Yeah. This one is kind of just like fan favorite stories over the years. Just like tried and true a lot of them are. Yeah. Some of them, some of them are very specific um, to just things that you like, and you yeah, haven't you true. haven't sold me that like everyone loves them. I think just I don't, you no, love them. No, and I, I mean, I haven't said that they are everybody's favorite. As as a matter of fact, when I was building this list, you're like, "What? You put that on there?" I, and I was absolutely like, said I that. like it, and you're like, "No, what I thought this list was for thing to everybody." Have on this list. Hello, kitty. And I was like, I don't, I mean, is my podcast. We have a kitty cat who has decided that she needs to be part of this podcast too, because why not? Everybody else is doing it. Everybody's doing Mm. it. Anyway, so. Speaking of stories. You have to start 
with Lord of the Rings, right? You do. You can't, you, I mean, yes. Well, you couldn't have a list like this and not have Lord of the Rings on it. I Correct. I don't know anybody that would argue against the, just the, the objective fact that the Lord of the Rings is is one of the best epics, you know, like true epics, right? I was I was fighting whether or not it's high fantasy or not. And if if you know what that word is, can you please just let me know? I could Google it and the, the internet could tell me, but I want to know from like a Oh, you you want someone else to be Google for you? Well, I, not really. I want to hear somebody's take on it. Like does it fit a true high fantasy um mindset? And maybe it does cuz it deals with like, you know, the elves and kings and stuff like that. Um you know, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Um but I think that like the Lord of the Rings books or movies, we're not here to talk. We've got a whole episode on books versus movies that you should go and watch or watch it with your ears. Listen to it. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about just the story. What? Okay. Well, so like high fantasy means there is a whole other world created. It's not something that just takes place in our world. That sure. is a fantasy story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. That makes the sense. The Lord of the Rings is definitely high, high fantasy. fantasy. Okay. All right. Well, pff, what a, whatever. All right. Anna's going to go get PJ, but we're going to continue talking just a little bit here about Lord of the Rings. And again, like I said, it's not a book versus movie discussion. It is just the story of the Lord of the Rings. It's really great. Uh, there are a lot of things in it that you can draw the line between Christendom and you know Ju- uh, Judeo-Christian kind of values and mindsets. And it feels like the deeper you go down the rabbit hole, the more of that stuff you can find. Um, but it is not a one-to-one allegory. Tolkien himself said that is not what he was trying to do. Whereas something else that we have on this list, which is Chronicles of Narnia, it is a legitimate Christian allegory. Like that's what C.S. Lewis was trying to do. And you can look up all of the history about when these things were written and what was going on and the writers group that these guys were a part of and all that stuff. And, they got to read each other's things and talk about it. It's, it's a really interesting story, <clears throat> but you it's one of those things where it's like you can take the boy out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the boy. And so a lot of Tolkien's worldview shows up in The Lord of the Rings. But I don't even think that that is the thing that sets it apart because we as Christians are really good about finding the Jesus character or the Jesus characteristics. Yeah, PJ gets it. We're, we're really good at finding those things in any form of, of media. And so I think anybody who's read it, it may, if, even if it's not your favorite, right? Like if you're like, ah, Lord of the Rings, kind of take it or leave it. You can appreciate the storytelling in the Lord of the Rings. Because a lot of the things that we have in current modern time, uh, you know, 2022, the year of our Lord here, a lot of what we have can be traced back to Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings and the things that he created and um, some of the rules that he set up, you know? So it, it kind of is, um, it was the casting, uh, it, you know, a, a die was cast when he wrote that. Um, and so when people poke at it, 
with movies and video games and cartoons uh, and stuff like that, people tend to get really mad um, mm-hmm. because of what it represents and, you know, what it's done for storytelling in the modern right. age. Because, I mean, it's like, could, could would we have things like um, Game of Thrones and stuff like that if there had been no, no Lord of the Rings? I do not think so. No, no. Oh. I mean, with that one specifically, because I was that's one I didn't actually put on this list. But dang, if it doesn't fit in a good storytelling. Right. Well, I mean, because he did a lot of things. He wrote languages and all kinds <sighs> of different things. Um, yeah. At, like just incredible world building. Yep. Um, that went so much deeper <clears throat> than his initial books did. Um and that's why, you know, his son finished the Silmarillion and all of that yeah. stuff. But um, it's like, I know that there are other fantasy series that have done those things too, have written languages and whatnot. But it's like, if they hadn't seen it done, I don't know. I'd be interested to go back. We did not do this kind of research, but I would be interested to go back and see what was the genesis of like creating languages in writing. Um, cause I am very certain that it was done before him. Done before. Yes. But I feel like that was when it was popularized, when it was brought out into, not at that time in, but main mainstream culture. Right. <clears throat> and even if it took, you know, however many years after for it to become popular. Now this is the world we live in. You can go on to Duolingo and learn Klingon and High Valerian and stuff like that. And so, um, the actors and actresses uh, in Lord of the Rings, they learned that language. Like, it's crazy. I watched a video just the other day, related but unrelated, with Liv Tyler just speaking Elvish. And just like, she was at a Comic-Con on a panel, you know, whatever, and and she delivered one of the lines in Elvish. She wasn't having a conversation with somebody in Elvish. She doesn't know conversational Elvish. She knows where's the bathroom how, and... How, um, where's the train station? Yeah, this is where, this is the way to Mordor. <laughs> so the, you know, but, but I think that, you know, we're kind of using this as a launch pad for, for this conversation here because the Lord, the Lord of the Rings has done so much for storytelling. Um, it came very late in human history, but it has done a lot in the time that it's had. Mm-hmm. So as far as fandoms go, you you almost can't bring it up. Like it's, if you're having this conversation, it is a thing that needs to be spoken about. You almost can't not bring it up. You couldn't, you you couldn't not never bring it up. You must bring it up. Yes. Have to talk about it. You mustn't not bring it up. (laughs) Um, But that kind of gives way to things like we talked about Chronicles of Narnia. um, And also, you know, in some way, shape or form, uh, Star Wars, you know, like these, it's not a, they're in two different camps, but even as whiny as Luke Skywalker is. Star Wars, I don't know if it counts. It's not really high fantasy because it's in our galaxy. Well, it's it's in a galaxy it's far, a, far away. It's not in our galaxy. It's it in a, a galaxy. a long time ago in a galaxy far <laughs> away. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there about, you know, is it even a part of our, our reality, but... Anyway, like it's it's one of those things where the people get so invested in the stories and that's really what it boils down to, right? Is like, hey, is this good storytelling? And you could kind of just 
you can look at the fan base and say, do people care enough about this thing to punch somebody else over it? Um, and if the answer is yes, you could probably make a really strong case that whether you like it or not, that it's it's got it is a good story and it does really good at its storytelling because it, it's it has the ability to enthrall people, to captivate them, and to move them emotionally uh, in some way, shape, or form. And Star Wars, for sure, does that. Uh, and then you like you have stories too, like um, Batman, right? Batman. The Batman, the Batman Mobile. No, I'm sorry, Batman Mobile. Yeah, Mister Vengeance, as he's known in the streets. And so, Batman is. There are so many things that make up the story and character of Batman. And we watched another thing last night, actually, um, as we were falling asleep. We watched the injustice. I would not say that I watched it. Oh, you were there when it happened. Um, <laughs> I was not conscious. We watched Injustice, the you know basically the the anime. Um, just the the animated adaptation of it. I wouldn't necessarily call it an anime. Yeah, the animated adaptation of Injustice, and it was it was all right. I mean, it was fine. Pacing was way off, but like that's not what we're here to talk about. But it it kind of showed another shade of Batman's character because what we normally see so much of is grief. That's what we normally see. Mm-hmm. Like Batman's parents are killed. Bruce Wayne's parents are killed. In some way, shape, or form, that changes depending on what story you're actually in. But his parents are killed, and that grief and him seeking out vengeance drives him to become the Batman. In what the part that I stayed awake for, uh, Batman was the level-headed one. Yes. Uh, yeah, cooler heads may have prevailed by the end of that story. Usually, well, depending on when you find him, talking about character development and, and story building, right? Depending on when you find him in his story and which story you're actually in, he will either be the brooding teenager, basically, the angsty teen, or he will be the wise old man and then some shade of in between because mm-hmm. that's 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 his story. Um, and so it's it's really interesting to watch characters develop in good story building and to have the freedom to try new things. You know, I, in this injustice, I saw Batman cry, watched him cry. Um, I watched him basically just give love a chance in that one. And that's not something I normally see from Batman, even in his kind of, uh, you know, most vulnerable of moments. But, but that's kind of what we've come to expect from Batman. And that's in the DC uh, EU extended universe. If you kind of shove off into the MCU uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, not the necessarily the comic book universe, but I guess this kind of applies there as well. Maybe even more so. But a common theme in the MCU, MCU, at least to me, is like protection. Like this is the story of people, and sometimes not people, um, but you know these benevolent beings of some some fashion feeling the need to stand in on the behalf of the world or a world or or some plane of existence um you know so you have a character like dr strange that it's he's not just protecting earth he's like legitimately trying to protect this reality um and so you have Captain America, who stands up for, you know, 
United States of America. But then like he's going around the world, you know, in the name of justice. And, you know, everything he does is pretty altruistic, um, all things considered. And so you just have this idea, even with Iron Man, uh, leading into like the Age of Ultron and stuff like that, that they wanted to, they wanted to create, Iron Man wanted to create a bubble, Tony Stark did, around the world in order to protect it from foreign invaders. Uh, and so like, it's this idea that the Avengers have been assembled so that they can protect people that, that can protect themselves. So we see a lot of these different themes all throughout fandoms, and that's not even scratching the tip of the iceberg. I, a couple other things I have on here really quick. Legend of Zelda, Tunic, Hypnospace Outlaw, God of War, the 2018 version, Final Fantasy, Spider-Man, Inception, like a bunch of different things. And I said Hypnospace Outlaw, and Anna shook her head. She just shook her head back and forth. It's one of those games, if you've not played Hypnospace Outlaw, it's not for everybody. But the way that it tells the story is by you discovering it simply by surfing an alternate reality version of the late 90s, early 2000 internet. It tells a fantastic story that is like, this is very believable. Like, I don't have to suspend my disbelief to go, oh, yeah, no, elves, <laughs> right? Like, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, a, a teenager was trying to get some girl's attention, so he did this thing on the internet. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. I probably, if I had, I might have actually done something like that, too. I don't know. I was not... <clears throat> I did not have the access to the internet in those days that uh, that some people may have had. And Consider it's yourself just lucky. like really I, cringy to even watch you play that game to me. Cause oh, I'm yeah. Just like the internet was horrible. Oh, it wasn't good. It was it wasn't good just, at all. It was horrible. Yeah, I look and at that stuff. I'm like, why do why 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 are we creating this? this experience and going back this does well, not seem fun i look at it with with my nostalgia glasses on and i th i think you have to to oh, enjoy 100%. that game because like to go back and try to i think the internet was hard to navigate and understand then and was just generally frustrating yeah because it didn't unless you were a coder there was a lot of stuff that was just like didn't make a lot of sense at least to my brain well and so that is 100% reflected in this story because and that's what I'm saying like I didn't enjoy surfing the web back then I don't think I would enjoy this game oh man some of the worst built web pages in the world are purposefully yeah. purposefully built yeah. in this game I know some of them are like religious like church web pages and yep whatnot um which is you know accurate well there's like a version of pokemon <clears throat> called squishers in that game mm -hmm. and one of the people write about how squish squishers are evil and they're the devil's you know and they're summoning monsters and, yes yeah. and i'm just like that is so historically accurate Mm -hmm. You know, and so it, again, like I don't have to dis suspend my disbelief very much to get sucked into that. But at the same time, I know that that's not for everybody. So if you don't 
if you don't find the, the, the goodness in the stories and like the beauty in these stories, you can go in another direction and find it. The thing that's important that I think is the most important here, and this is the whole point of this, this episode, is not necessarily the actual stories that are being told, but that stories are being told. Like there is, there is power in the stories being told and it's going to affect somebody. Um, it may affect somebody positively. It may affect somebody negatively. We don't know that. Our hope is that it would affect somebody positively, right? Like that's what kind of what we're moving towards. But even if we don't hit that, it's important if you have stories to tell the stories. We are creatures of, uh, you know, we're, we're orative creatures. I don't even know if that's a word yet. Orative creatures. You know oh. what I'm trying to say, right? We, 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 we love to talk. We, talk. Okay. we love to tell stories. Oration. We love to. Yeah, speak. I mean, I, yeah. Um, and so it makes sense that we we would want to do that. And before we even had written language, before there were books, the Bible in and of itself was a it, it was it was a collection of stories that were told over and over and over again. You know, in in Jewish tradition, like that was that was what they did before the scrolls and things were written down. And in the times, you know, from from Adam to you know when the things were were recorded, like. They were told to the people over and over and over again. There is power and purpose in telling a story. Every time you say there is power, I think that you're going to say in the name there of Jesus. Power, name <laughs> and then you don't. And then I get confused. Well, I don't want to get DMCA striked. Struck? Stricken? Nuh-uh. Mm -mm. PJ knows. Mm -mm. Well, Again, not a not a definitive list. Not even scratching any tip of any iceberg. <laughs> Speaking of icebergs, PJ just hit his head on the table. We're going to take a short break, not because of PJ, but because we're out of time in this segment. When we come back, we are going to be talking about our testimonies. Why telling stories. Not our specific testimonies. We'll see where the spirit leads. We're going to be talking about testimony, the testimonies of a Christian um, the way that God has moved in your life, why it's important for us to tell those stories, and maybe some ways that we've seen other people do it and how we can share in those experiences right here on the Church Nerds Podcast. Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180. LTN Radio. So this past weekend, I had a fun experience. I was watching TV with my family, and I got a notification in my email that I had a small sum of money going into my Square account. If you're not familiar, Square is the little doodad that you swipe uh, credit cards and stuff on your phone, like if you're selling stuff someplace. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Why did money go in my Square account? And it hit me, oh yeah, I have an online store. And let me just tell you, I am terrible at my online store because I'll go to a Comic-Con, sell shirts and books and stickers and stuff, and I will not update my inventory. I have no idea what's actually listed on my website right now. And I absolutely uh, reap the consequences of that because someone took the time to go to my website, shop around, and ordered a book that I don't actually have any copies for. 
and so I uh, <laughs> uh, just was not prepared. Just absolutely wasn't. And I started weighing my options. Do I tell this person, hey, sorry, I don't actually have any. Uh, do I buy one on Amazon at full price and then turn around and mail it to this guy so that he can get the book? <laughs> or, you know, what do I do? So I realized that at one of the churches that I've partnered with, they had bought a bunch of copies of this book to give to their students. And I was like, hey, pastor, can I have one of those back? And he brought me one. And, you know, all worked out in the end, but, you know, I just wasn't ready for what was actually going to be asked of me. And I think a lot of Christians are in that place. In Luke 14, verses 28 through 30, it says, Suppose one of you is building a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. There's a lot of us that have signed up to actually follow Jesus, and we're not actually aware of what we've committed to, what he's asking of us, and we're going to be caught off guard when he actually calls to collect what we've signed up for to serve and to follow. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Hey there, and welcome back to Church Nerds. Once again, I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. And today we are talking about stories. Yes. All, all about them stories there. Facebook Facebook stories. No, well, Instagram stories. Which? It's basically the same thing. Yeah, I think they're... I, I don't know if Facebook started stories or if Instagram started stories. I don't know that Facebook has started a whole lot. I don't know if that's lately. a story that actually matters to this podcast. Well, we'll see. We'll let the people the decide. The story of Facebook stories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're talking about stories. Um, we kind of just I don't even know how we got this idea. Kind of from our brains. From our Yes, yeah. where, where most ideas come from. We were just talking about the resurrection. We were talking about how um you're the kind of person who doesn't want to be done with a holiday once it's done. Yeah, not so, really. So, you know, if it's Christmas that we're talking about, you don't want to stop singing Christmas carols. I don't know how you feel about like taking down the tree. Um, I always feel rushed to take the tree down. I'm the one doing the rushing. I rush to put it up. I rush to take it down. That is correct. Well, if you don't put it up, then you miss it. If you don't rush to put it up, then you miss it. And then if you don't take it down at the right time, you end up as one of those people who still has your tree up in July. And I just can't. Dude, we used to have the worst tree in the world. And so I loathed putting it up on the inevitable Saturday that it would go up. Because not, No, not on Saturday, the day after Thanksgiving. That it was not always when we put it up. That's It's Friday. It's a Friday. I'm just telling you right now, that's not always when we put it oh, up. Okay. Because well. I remember being like, I should be doing nothing today. And then I was like, hey, are we putting the tree up? 
the reason you think you should be doing nothing is because you almost never have had a job where you had to work the week of Thanksgiving. Fair enough. So I'll give you that one. Yeah. Um, and I think that that means family time and decorate for Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a flocked tree, white flocked I think we've tree. we talked about and this, it surely. Sucked. It was the worst. Hated that tree. It was gorgeous, but I hated so, it. So, so pretty. So I think I'm not going to be as loath to put this tree up yeah, moving forward. Yeah. Hopefully you'll be more excited at least the first year. Probably. Yeah. It's the newness of it all. Yeah. Well, anyway, Easter um, in real time passed, you know, this last Sunday. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, is there that post holiday let down kind of feeling? But it's like, with Easter, that really shouldn't be a thing because this time after Easter, like, you know, getting getting ready for Pentecost and all of these different, you know, things, definitely for the, the apostles um, post-resurrection, now there was a big question mark during part of the time because not everybody knew right away. But um, this is something that, it didn't stop right no. when the resurrection, like it kept going. That was its launching point. Right. And, and um, you see this uh, common theme in their writing that the resurrection is something that comes up a lot. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about testimony. We were talking about what the resurrection means to us. And then we ended up landing on this kind of like, it's really important to talk about these mm -hmm. things and to have stories, you know, and, uh, anyway, for several that's reasons, how, that's how right? We, that's how we ended up here. And so we want to talk about some of those reasons right now on, and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it back into the resurrection because that is, that's the whole thing. Just because Easter's over, doesn't mean we're done with it. Um, if anything, it should be when we actually start to do the celebrating. Um, we don't celebrate for an hour on Easter Sunday and then, uh, forget about it, or at least we shouldn't. So we're kicking ourselves in the teeth as much as we're kicking everybody else. But it is a bit of a challenge to, to believers. And if you're not a believer, hey, enjoy this really uh, interesting peek behind the curtain. Um, I like to say that a lot. So why stories in general, right? Um, stories do a lot of really cool things for us. And as we tell the story of Jesus and the story of the resurrection, that is a continuation of something that we've been doing for millennia upon millennia, right? Like we tell stories. We tell things about things that happen in our lives. Some things are more engaging than others. Um, we're kind of, we kind of live in this really weird spot. We were talking about Instagram just a little bit of little bit ago. Um, nobody needs to know what you are eating. I mean, some people want to know. Yeah, I don't think that's so. Fun. Yeah, but that's. Again, like some things are just more engaging than other things. I like to play Hypnospace Outlaw. That's really engaging to me. To other people, that's not a story anybody wants to wants to know or to hear, right? So, but here's the thing is that stories, stories do a lot of really cool things. And one of the things that I think that they do is they help us learn. Stories are a good medium to teach us things. And um, we're going to go immediately to the negative, right? Uh you guys have probably heard it said, and if you haven't, enjoy this new piece of uh, information, right? This little tidbit, this bumper sticker that you can you can have in the back of your brain. Those who do not study and or learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. We were talking about some pretty heavy things, you and I, when we were, we were talking about this particular portion of it. 
Um, we talk about things that happened, uh, you know, with the Holocaust and things, you know, just with, with Hitler, Hitler and the Nazis and Stalin and all of the, just that, that particular point in time, that particular area of the world, uh, you could camp there for a long time, but it's important that we talk about it so that we know it's fresh in our minds. And so if it starts to happen again, we can identify it and not let it, hey, we're going down the same road that we went down not that long ago. Right. I mean, that's the that's the point of like the Holocaust Museum. There are movies like um, The Boy in Striped Pajamas. Oh, man. The Pianist um, that I I think both of those movies, when I went into them, I, I, think I don't Schindler's really List read. Too. I don't, yeah, I don't really read a lot of like uh, film review mm -hmm. newspaper articles or anything like that. So I didn't actually realize what they were about. And the boy in the striped pajamas sounds whimsical and you know, whatnot. Oh, and then yeah, I watched this movie one. and I'm like, ah, that one swerved us hard. <laughs> this is the worst story I have ever listened to ever. And I, and I actually was um, on, I saw in a Facebook thread where people were talking about that movie with a very similar sentiment, like, this is just not a thing that should exist. This was the worst story to like, this was the hardest thing to sit through. And it's like, yeah, I think that's kind of the that's point. That's the exact point of it. I think that's the point of it that it's like, Oh, you, sometimes you just have, you have to know some yeah. of these things. You have to like see what people experienced and you can mm -hmm. get into, you know, how, how graphic do we get? How much is enough before it's sort of like too much with some of these things, but it's yeah. like there are the, the, there are people who have made it their mission to not let those things, not let those stories die yeah. in all of their horrible. Oh yeah. Grotesque details about them because it's like, you, you need to know that this mm -hmm. happened and you need to know that it was normal people participating or just turning a blind eye. Yeah to these terrible things that were happened and happening and like you have to push back if you're if you're not actively pushing back kind of like with racism i went mm -hmm. to a um or i read a book that was talking about if you're not actively pushing back against racism then you're actually just kind of letting it happen yeah, that, passively that, enabling yeah. participating in it um and i was like no that's not true that can't be true but it's like mm, kind of is though true. yeah kind of is um and definitely was true in you know germany mm -hmm. or um here in the united states yeah. there was stuff um there are some tribes of native americans that mm -hmm. they have people who are like there's just there's some stuff that you need to know about thanksgiving we talked about this in our thanksgiving episode yeah, absolutely. um where there there are historians that are like people have tried to stop us from telling this story but this is what happened yeah. and we are not going to stop talking about it and we're not going to start teaching our children about it um because it needs to not die well and it's interesting because over time stories have been retold um the history has been changed in, in some instances to kind of uh, lean into propaganda in different areas so that the picture that's painted of the past is a lot more whimsical. Um, it's, it's a lot softer when, 
when we know, I don't want to say like all of the gritty details, right? Because we just can't, that's just not how, how it's going to work. But when we know what has happened, we know the things that led up to it. We keep those stories fresh and alive. Um, it allows us to keep the evil from spreading. Maybe not completely, right? Or, or at least to start seeing the signs and symptoms. Yes. So there's this some insidious, you know, something at play. Yeah. Kind of like what we talked about last week with like the church corruption and everything. Mm-hmm. We read these stories about what has happened in these it's other organizations important. so that we can go, oof, maybe we don't need yeah. to grow at that rate. Maybe we don't need to hang all of our hopes on this one pastor and their yeah. charismatic personality. Maybe, you know, because look, like look what happened over here. Look. Now it's not a hundred percent that everything's going to happen the same way every time. That's not how it works, but you know, I am grateful as you were talking about this, I was thinking about um, X-Men like the movie X-Men and mm-hmm. the story of Magneto and how like a big part of his story, a big part of his story is that he was, you know, he was, he was a Jewish boy that was separated from his parents yeah. and all that. And like, that was, that was the moment they mm-hmm. used that as the moment when his powers manifested. manifested. Yeah. And so you want to talk about some powerful storytelling. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you're going to have to go back and watch the original X-Men because that movie does not really hold up. But um, like I, I really liked it a lot when it back came then out, it was great. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, and now you're like, that is not the Statue of Liberty. Um, but so so they, they do help us to keep evil from spreading um, or to kind of put blocks up and to help, you know, raise awareness and keep it there. They also help us to heal. Um, sharing, sharing really helps people to find hope in very troubling times. Um, it's important that people know, um, that stories of any way, shape or form, that's a safe place to process things. It allows us to, uh, to work through our emotions. It allows us to, to work through some thoughts that we have that maybe we can't say out loud or we can't express properly, but we can write them down. Um, we can, we can world build, we can have other characters deal with the things that are troubling us. Um, not everything needs to be a, an actual, this happened to me autobiographical story. Some of these things are X-Men, they are Lord of the Rings, they are Star Wars and stuff like that. And those are good places to work through things um, because they, they do that. They allow us to heal. They in, in you know the case of Batman, people are able to work through a grieving process while reading that story. Um, but also, if you have an actual personal story to tell, sharing that with somebody is valuable because seeing how you got through it can actually help them as well. Um, it's not our church nerds weekly verse, but no, it what when you were talking, it reminded me of Second um, Corinthians one three, uh, which talks about how when we're going through hard times, God comforts us 
in order that we can comfort others mm. when they are going through yeah. the similar hard time that we went through. And so it's this sort of comfort that perpetuates, you know, through us and through our stories to other people yeah. um, because of what happened to us. Um, and because we live in this really difficult world where stuff keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we got to keep you know, conveying that hope, conveying healing, convey, yeah. you know, all those different things. So we, we should, we can, and we absolutely should share our stories. And we're talking like our, right now, our personal stories as Christians, that personal story, we call it a testimony. All right. Uh, don't get lost in the words uh, you can boil it down to story. It doesn't matter what you call it. Nobody cares. You're not going to get to the pearly gates and they're going to be like, ah, you actually, you only told a story didn't share your testimony. It's like, no, no, just it's a, it's about the things that have happened to you. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> you, the way that you are. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it, it really is one of the most powerful things that you have because people will argue with you about science. People will argue with you about uh, religion. They will argue with you about a lot of things. Yep. But it, if you're telling them your personal story about what happened to you mm-hmm. and about, you know, what happened that made you think the way that you do, um, people are, are a lot less inclined to argue with yeah. you about those things, honestly. You know, in a way, it's like a redeeming thing about people where, you know, we're relational mm-hmm. and we're non-confrontational a lot of times. <laughs> and um, and so they are a lot more willing to listen to you tell your story than like, hey, I got you this really bo- good book. It's called the Bible. Yeah. Why don't you go read um, that? If, yeah. you're, if this is like a cold, I don't, I don't know, if, if this is not a person who has, you're not like going to Bible study together or mm-hmm. something already, they're just getting to know you. It's a lot more reliable of a way to 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 begin to evangelize someone is through your own story mm-hmm. instead of just like jumping straight into the Bible when they have no prior knowledge of anything in there or handing them pamphlets or it's kind of like we can see infographics and stuff all the time about the danger of smoking mm-hmm. for instance and if you're a smoker that is that's your choice like I'm not this is not about yeah, smoking it or just not smoking. is true <laughs> I'm just saying um. Because sometimes I'm like, why do people still smoke? We know all of these things about smoking. Mm-hmm. You know, we it's all it's everywhere um, because it has to be because that's the law. Yeah. Um, but you could read an infographic about it or you could have a relative die of lung cancer. Mm-hmm. And probably somebody who has a relative die of lung cancer is going to have a much different, more like they're going to believe things about smoking mm-hmm. more easily. Or, you know, than those who don't. Uh, and I do. Right. <laughs> that is a, if you talk about personal stories, um, around about four years ago, my mom passed away of uh, a myriad of cancers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was set by set in motion by her, her smoking. And so this is not a do, don't kind of a thing, but she made the choice to do that and I knew what I thought I knew about smoking when I was growing up and those, those fears were realized when she passed. And Mm -hmm. so it, it does kind of tint the way that I see stuff in that area. 
But in the same way, it's that it's my story. If you right. can, if you can pull something out of it, if it speaks to you, then let's let's talk about that because you know your story is going to ring true for somebody else um, who lives in a similar theological world, who has a a, a similar um, you know purview that you do. It's not going to be the same for everybody. It just can't. It's not how it right. works. So, and this this idea is I've put like really eventually want to do a whole series about it, but is that like different parts of the gospel, different parts of the good news sound better to different people. Like the same thing that sounds amazing to me might not sound amazing to the next person over. Absolutely. And it could be the same amount of truth, but for some reason there's this part of it that I cling on to. I said cling on. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Um, But if we're telling our stories odds are there's going to be another person who thinks similarly. Yeah. Like if I struggle with abandonment issues and so then I find hope in the fact that, you know, we have belonging in the family of God and that he's our creator and that we belong with him. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's my theological worldview another person because of what I share, because of what gives me hope and because of what I found to be true in my life, they might, yeah, you know, it's not going to be everybody, but it's important that we share for those people. Absolutely. Because if we don't, then who's, you know, who's talking to them. And so the other side of that is that we can and should share other people's stories. Maybe you don't have the most eventful life. To be fair, that was my story coming into our relationship between you and I, you have had, have way more stories than I did. And so I kind of lived off of the crazy, wacky things that happened to you. And I would share the stories that you would share with me about different things that happened in your life. I think you had stories. They're just not stories that you wanted to. My stories were not super funny. Um, They weren't really you know, uh, they weren't right for what I was trying to do as, as a kid. And so <clears throat> with that, I honestly truly think that we have to share other people's stories, other people's testimonies, because there's absolutely no such thing as plagiarism as far as testimonies are concerned. When things happen, good or bad, we should be talking about them um, just in general. Uh, and like you can tell somebody else's story without claiming it as your own. I think that that's, that's the line to not cross. Like, mm-hmm. oh, a funny thing happened to me the other day. Like, there's no need to say that. Like, just say, hey, actually, I, I know, let me tell you what happened to, to my friends in this situation, yada, yada, yada. So when you tell somebody's story, in any of this stuff, your story, their story, you write a story, whatever, it doesn't matter. You're actually giving people an opportunity to write themselves into the story. And I think that that's the beauty of scripture is that, yes, it is, it's a book of stories that happened so long ago. I mean, we're talking thousands of years ago, these stories happened, right? Regardless of how old you think the earth is, these stories were written a long time ago. And so we find ourselves being able to see our own selves represented in different aspects of the gospel, different aspects of the Old Testament, different aspects of the book of Revelation or whatever. That doesn't mean that that is exactly what it is, but we know what we're going through. We know how those stories can speak to us. And so why on earth 
would we not share those stories with other people? If it rang true for you, there is a more than 100% chance that it will ring true for somebody else. And so we have to lean into those things and find what I believe is is the the biggest thing in all of this. Healing is great. Learning is great. All that stuff. But the the way that stories are able to convey truth, and I'm talking truth with a capital T, like the veritas of the situation, right? Sometimes the right story can say the things that we just cannot say. When I'm trying to talk to somebody about Jesus, I may not be able to relate to what it is that they're saying. And so I have to pull a story up in my brain to think of how somebody else interacted, whether a person that I know personally or a piece of scripture that I that I have. And so what I've come to understand is that parables still exist 100%. And I don't mean just exist in, in scripture. It's like a, par- a parable is, a, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, right? And so what we do a lot of times is when we are, um, you know, doing Lord of the Rings or Chronicles of Narnia or whatever, and like drawing those, those allegorical lines, what we're doing is we're creating modern day parables so that we can help to convey this truth to the people who are going to experience that on the other end. And so the reason we're talking about all this stuff, obviously, like we talked about just a second ago, was because of the resurrection. And the resurrection is the story, right? I mean, like, I was trying to explain this to my children. And I was immediately reminded of how bananas crazy this whole thing is to believe and to think. And um, how it comes so easy and second nature to me, but why so many people have a hard time with it, right? Like, I understand that. I can empathize with that. We tell a story of a God who came down, created the entire universe, okay, everything in it. A God who who came down from that to be with the people that he created, these, these beings that he created, loved them so much that he left heaven, perfection, to come down to earth, was born of a virgin, an immaculate conception birth, lived an entire life, pure and holy and spotless, was crucified, died for the sins of the world, past, present, and future, and then three days later, rose from the dead. Like that's a that's a crazy story to believe. It is the story that I believe to be true, to be more true than anything that I've ever known or thought in my entire life. That is the story that I believe to be true. And so how do we convey that truth to people? And I'm telling my kids this, and I'm telling them that this is important. This is something that we need to do. And it's the stories that keep it alive. It's the stories that keep it perpetuating. And I'm not talking about tradition for the sake of tradition. That's a whole nother podcast episode. If we haven't done it already, maybe we have. I don't know. Tradition? Oh, we've done that several we've talked, times. We've talked about it several, several times. times. Yeah. But the importance of sharing and conveying this truth so that it doesn't get lost. Um, I think that we're already kind of getting into an age where... Uh, and this is going to sound kind of 
interesting and weird and radical, right? I think we are already getting into an age, if we're not there already, where Christianity and our Christian beliefs are starting to become mythological, um, where it's starting to be used in different areas of pop culture or whatever in the same way uh, that like sometimes the Greek pantheon of gods um, and, you know, Roman gods and stuff like that. Like our kids watch Percy Jackson. I could read those books and all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, they, they watch Hercules on TV and all sorts. And I think that we're, we're kind of sliding into that, that era with such a postmodern world. And if you don't know what that word is, just Google it. Right. Um, and so it, it is important that we don't lose the faith. Um, it really is because this is not another thing just to be just to cling on to. This is the most important truth that there is. And so I think that the way that we do that is is by telling the stories and keeping it alive. What do you think? Um, well, I mean, I was just thinking about the the question that kept coming to my mind. Um, as we were trying to, I, I guess this last week was like, why, why does the resurrection matter? How do I communicate why the resurrection matters? Mm. Um, cause people come to church on Easter when they don't come to church any other week, other week. It's so weird. Um, and it's like, how, how do we communicate why this even matters. Yeah. And, um, I was listening, there's a sermon series that I really, really, really enjoy, um, that Tim Mackey does who I talk about all the time. Um, but it's a five part series called the resurrection as a way of life. And that he talks about how, you know, the resurrection was just the common theme for like all of these Christians. Um, it mattered so much to them. Sometimes we act like it doesn't matter at all now. Um, but it mattered very much to them. And because it means that, um, death and evil do not get the final word in the world. Yeah. And that matters to me. Like that speaks to me in my, um, theological world, yeah. I guess that you could say, cause there's so many times when I can just look at the world and go, ugh. What are, what is going on here? Like, what are we doing, and how how yeah. do we get out? Like, this is um, just haywire. And does any of this? What is the deal? Like, is there any hope for any of this? Yeah. And to have that hope that yes, <laughs> yeah. death does not get the final word. Um, no. Because like uh, Andrew Peterson's song, um, what is it? What is it called? But the one that starts with. Do you feel the world the world is broken? We do. We do. Um, that song is <laughs> I don't like, know the name uh, of it. Wor- is anyone worthy? I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. Something like that. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Um, and that I love that song because it's like one of those. It's not that it doesn't matter that the world is haywire, but that's not that's not the end of this. Yeah. And um, and that song played at my mom's or was played. Yeah. By the band at my mom's uh, memorial service. Celebration. And life. it's hard. Celebration of life. It's hard um, for me to like sing still. Sure. To this day. Um, but even before that, it was just such a powerful song to me. Yeah. Um, 
And so anyway, that's just kind of my personal post resurrection Sunday um, thoughts about like what's, you know, carrying this hope forward Mm -hmm. in our um, talking in our, the way that we tell stories. Cause one of the things we didn't really talk about very much was how the stories that we tell and the way we tell our stories actually, even if they're fictional, they matter, they tell a story about us yeah. um, and what we believe because you can't really just tell stories and make things up completely that don't actually probably fall in line pretty well with your worldview eventually you know you can um, but the story is gonna be terrible to well, that. maybe yeah. i mean it's it's just hard i have a lot of questions if you can yeah engage that deeply and not ever resolve it to your own professed world of you sure um it's like do you really are we dabbling in other worldviews here That's or do you really believe this um podcast right there <laughs> right well well, I mean, we are severely over time um, and we apologize, but sorry, not sorry. I mean, if, if you made it this far, uh, we want to hear, even if you didn't make it this far, but I, I don't know. I'm talking we had to a shoot for 10 minute segments and then, and then just, just <laughs> blow through it. Yeah. But we want to know what are some of the stories that you've heard over time that maybe just totally revolutionized the way that you saw something, anything. They don't have to be spiritual in nature, but... What was the story that got you, um, that caught you in a, a a weird time of life that you weren't ready for? Um, we want to hear those stories if you are comfortable sharing them in any way, shape, or form. Hit us up on social media at Church Nerds LTN on Twitter. And also, you can put it right there on this episode page on lovethynerd.com slash churchnerds. Hey, don't go anywhere. When we come back, uh, we are going to be giving you a nerdy recommendation as well as our Church Nerds Weekly Verse. See if you can think of what the verse is that we're going to give you. I bet that you can if you think about it. Um, And if not, hey, just be prepared to learn something new right here on the Church Nerds Podcast. What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. Tiger Uppercut! Well, to close out our show today, we've got a nerdy recommendation for you, and um, it's kind of struggling with what to what to recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not because it's like ah, there's nothing out. There's a forty five thousand games I could recommend that you all play, um, but I don't know. I, I don't want to kind of I don't want to get into a rhythm of just being like, here's the new game to go buy. You should go go buy this thing. I think based on what we have had to deal with uh, in the past. And we talked about at the very beginning of the show, we found the Apple remote. Okay. (laughs) Apple air tags or 
tile or something, something that will allow you to geolocate something. <laughs> uh-huh. Like that's legit. I can't tell you how many times we've, uh, I've watched you cry over losing your keys. Um, um, don't tell my friends that I cry about my keys. It's too late. It's this is your testimony, okay? I I do that though. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I know somebody who cries over losing <laughs> their keys. Pray for my friend who <laughs> cries about <laughs> losing their keys. Um, yeah, it's stressful, and actually, it probably is also related to this fact that I believe when I lose my keys, it tells me something about myself, which is that I'm really stressed out and scatterbrained because I feel like it only happens when I'm pre pre stressed out. 100% and then is it accurate information. Escalates my stress level to like, yes, a, a thousand. So <laughs> rather, rather than what normally happens, I'm like, Hey, where are the keys? They're not in the key box. That's where we have a space for keys. That's what you say to me a lot. We have a space for keys. Well, you used to, you don't say that. I don't say it anymore. I think if I don't say it. And so, <laughs> Instead, I'm just going to try and meet you where you are, right? You mm-hmm. can get like the Apple AirTag right. makes the most sense for us. We tried Tile. It has a little button on it. It jacks it. It, it, it was terrible. Like I didn't, we did not like Tile. Um, it would always like beep because um, it was in a wallet or in your, in your, your purse or it whatever. It loud enough and it ran out of batteries oh my gosh. pretty quickly. So I think it's because that stupid button on it. Maybe. But. You can get Apple AirTags, like four of them for a hundred dollars. And you're like, is there any way to change the battery? And I'm like, I really hope we don't have to use it enough that we need to change the battery in our lifetime. Even then for peace of mind, four for a hundred dollars. I feel like that is a steal. Um, because if we don't have keys, guess what? You cry. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> and we're late and, or oh, yeah. d- can't show up to our appointments. hundred percent. So instead of being like, Hey, key box, you put them wherever you want. Um, well I put them in the side pocket of the diaper bag. Sometimes. Most of the time. Usually. Sometimes. The last time, I don't know where I initially set them, but they were all the way underneath PJ's yes, seat. Yes. That was going to be the other thing which I said. I think it, I think I set them down and one of the kids kicked them while they were getting out of the car. So mm-hmm. then I didn't see them to put them into the pocket to, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to say it's not my fault. <laughs> no, it is your fault. But like, hey, we're trying to like that's that's the recommendation is don't try and fix the problem until we can start our cars with our a retinal scan or something. Yeah. Then, you know, don't don't fix don't fix the person. Fix the problem. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Problem is the keys get lost. Let's just help. Let's just help us find the keys. Oh, that's sweet. We, man, yeah. we have tore the house up hard looking for keys. And we're like, oh, they're, oh, they're, they're there. Well, we only have one set. Yeah. So. My favorite part was, uh, and I'm, I'm sure this only happens to us. I'll say, hey, Anna, did you check the diaper bag? I totally checked the diaper bag. And early on, I would just believe you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So we'd spend the next hour hour and a half two hours depending on how deep the two hours no uh, dude we've looked all day for keys before and so i just got to the point where i was like i'm just gonna go back through and just look because it's one of those deals where like i'm like hey we're out of ketchup there's no ketchup in the in the fridge and you're like i can see the ketchup from where i'm sitting right now and i'm like it's it's i don't know it's camouflage there's no ketchup and so that's that's my ketchup I think when I look through the diaper bag, I look at the part, the spots where I usually put things. 
and then it's not there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it, it's not in the diaper bag. Yeah. But we have a diaper bag that has a lot of pockets. And sometimes I ha- I believe there's a, such a thing as too many pockets. <laughs> One time I found a pocket where I had put a bunch of things. It was like Sylvie's under the bed. Oh, yeah. I had put a bunch of stuff in there. And didn't know this pocket existed. Like if the pocket was sitting open, I thought it was a different pocket. And then I'd be like, where's the thing that I just put in this pocket? <laughs> Not knowing that it was another pocket. It's it's the bottomless bag. So I, yeah, I found yep. so much stuff at the same time as finding my purse. <laughs> like, So we're yeah. probably going to get some air tags. Um, that's yeah. that's the end well, of that. The end. The, uh, yeah. Apple air tags. Yeah, we kind of live Apple in the Apple gets ecosystem. All our so. money. Not all of it, but no, we're, we're definitely, <laughs> definitely believers in Apple products. A friend of ours lost their phone on Sunday. Oh, and it was yeah. like, just <laughs> use find my iPhone. And they said, no, it's a droid. And we were like, yeah, you kind of well, deserve like, to lose <laughs> it then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You asked for this. this I think, so. I think that's what is uh, the, the Bible talks about that is conviction. Like, so <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's that's our nerdy recommendation. Okay. Hey, Anna, what is our church nerds weekly verse? Well, um, oh, okay, I see. I thought for a moment it wasn't in the dock. It is here. It's one hundred percent. It is revelation. <laughs> we the, need to put the, an air tag on the special. Yeah. This is in the pocket of our document yeah. that I don't look in very often. <laughs> revelation twelve eleven. This is the NLT that I'm reading out of here. It says, and they have defeated him. Him being the the devil the devil they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die yeah we were looking for verses as one does about the power of testimony and it's like that's the one that's it like that that is the one that that 100 percent. not going to launch into a sermon but that that puts the emphasis on the legitimate power of the testimony. Your testimony has that power combined with the blood of the lamb, not just on its own, but combined with Jesus. Your your testimony is is one of the major tools in combating and defeating the devil and Satan and the adversary and all the things that stand against you and the fiery arrows and all sorts of stuff. And so it's like, please, ladies and gentlemen, that is your charge. That is the thing that we leave you with here on the Church Nerds podcast. Share your story and share your story of pain, share your story of hope, share your story of victory. Um, And when you are in the lowest parts of your life, listen to other people's story of hope and victory. Because I promise you, it will help. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week on the Church Nerds Podcast. Be sure to find us on social media at Love Thy Nerd on uh all of the major platforms i'm trying to think of one we're not on myspace maybe um friendster no friendster we're not friendster no parlor um i don't know what friendster is friendster was a long time ago yeah before or after myspace before his pre- uh, oh, predecessor wow. yeah maybe even during honestly it was that was a weird time for the internet 100 percent that was a weird time napster <sighs> napster you can find us on limeware yeah download this podcast on uh napster and limeware <laughs> I was kind of a Morpheus guy myself, but, uh, but Hey, seriously, follow us uh, on all the social media at love thy nerd on every major platform and on LTN radio each and every Friday morning, love thy slash radio LTN on air.com, the live 365 app, just search for LTN radio, all the places you can also find church nerds on Twitter. As we said before, 
at churchnerdsltm. And we've also got a little Facebook page that you can kind of go and follow and get all the podcasty things and do all the things that you want. Wherever you need us, just hit us up. You can also send us emails, bubba at lovethynerd.com. Love to talk with you about anything in this episode or outside. If you would like to produce a piece of content, a thing that we should talk about, lovethynerd.com slash producer. If you think that there is something that we should cover right here on Church Nerds, fill the form out to the best of your ability. Tell us why we should be talking about it, some of the things that makes it interesting to you, and why you think other people might benefit from that topic being discussed from our point of view. So, again, that's lovethynerd.com slash producer. We would love to consider your topic right here on Church Nerds. Well, I think that's going to do it. Once again, I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. And we'll catch you next week on another episode of Church Nerds. And as always, if no one else tells you this today, just remember it's true. Jesus loves you, nerds. Jesus loves you, nerds.